This is Lachlan Rouston. This is Raf Friedman. And you're listening to the fittest podcast in Australia, The Mind Muscle Project. Project, welcome back to this episode of the Thursday Show. Today, we want to talk about a, a topic that was honestly, um, it's, been a, it's been an ongoing thread through the seven-year journey of podcasts, um, but was uh, our interest in it was sparked recently because we put up a post about knee pain and we got an overwhelming response for people who are dealing with knee pain and want a solution. So, I thought today we'd talk all about our history of knee pain, how it came about, the causes of it, what we've tried for it in the past and where we are at now with it and then also offer you guys up a potential solution to your own knee pain. So I'll add as well that even if you don't have knee pain now, I think this is worth listening to because 100%. and to give you a story on why that is. See, I got knee pain first. Right? I got knee pain before Lockie. Uh, I had like a knee surgery, I think, before he even started getting pain. And during that whole time where I was obviously complaining about the knee pain before and then the surgery, and then I actually got knee pain pretty quickly after the surgery as well, every time we would talk about it, you would give me this long explanation about why you don't and will never get <laughs> knee pain. And this would go on. You'd even Sounds like, like demonstrate bad form, be like, yeah, but my knees will never hurt because of this and this and this. Uh, even when you got knee pain, you were still actually in denial for a fair period as well. <laughs> Just voodoo flossing your way through a squat cycle. So even if you think it'll never happen to you, you will be surprised. Nice. So before we get into all that, guys, um, make sure you are checking out Hyperice. So Hyperice are basically the best recovery tools, best mobility tools on the planet. We say they're the best because they're the most premium. And the reason that we support something like Hyperice is because there are so many versions and so many variations of these types of tools the thing is, they're, they're very expensive, and the last thing you want to do is have them break, break down on you. Um, and and when inevitably, sometimes these things do. What you want is you want a good brand, a good customer service team behind you. You don't want some cheap gun from China that you have no idea what the brand is behind it, and you can't get it replaced. And so you've just wasted your money. So you really want a company that's supporting the athletes and supporting the customers. And High Price is the best at doing that. I would recommend picking up their Hypervolt, which is basically their, their massage gun, their percussion gun. Really, really good for taking out a lot of the stiffness in my back after I've been sitting down for a long day. So just keep it in the studio, keep it at home. Um, if I've been doing a long hours at the desk, get up, put on the highest setting, just go through the back, go through the hip flexors, um, get into the psoas a little bit. They've got all different attachments and that just helps to pull a lot of pressure out of the back. And then even after a run, I love to just uh, run it through, do a flush through the calves a few times so the next day I'm not limping um, after I do some of these long runs. So, been super helpful. You guys can pick up um, a discount with our code. You can find that code at themymuscleproject.com slash hyperice. And that way, whenever uh, the deals or the codes change, you guys can always head to that link and we'll always have them up to date. So, again, themymuscleproject.com slash hyperice. So, H-Y-P-E-R-I-C-E, one word. All right, cool. So, we're going to get into the knee pain history. I think it's a good place to start. Raph, you alluded to it a little bit. I'll let you start with your knee pain journey and then um, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about my journey. Yeah, well, I played a lot of competitive sport for a long time. I do think I did quite a lot of damage to my knees, uh, but I never had any knee pain during it because it's not always exactly perfect correlation between doing damage and getting pain. And I realized that because when I first actually started getting knee pain, it, it was really bad and it was three weeks into my first CrossFit Open. I'm not saying CrossFit did it, but CrossFit definitely did it. Uh, I still obviously tried to finish that open, which I couldn't actually finish the last week because it got so bad. The next week, I, I went to the doctor and I was basically signed up for a surgery. That was actually for um, meniscus surgery, that first one. Uh, but even when they did the scan, the guy thought I was in there for like a patellar pain, 
patella pain because I nearly had like a hole in the front of my patella. And that was just from years patella ago. Patella tendon or the, the no, kneecap? In the, the kneecap, yeah. yeah. And that, would, I assume, would have been much more from my rugby playing days. Um, but just for whatever reason, didn't cause pain. So it's not why I ended up in there. So I did that, recovered really well from the surgery, um, but quit, pretty quickly started getting tendonitis and other knee pain. Ended up with both knees in a lot of pain during my competitive CrossFit. Took me about three to maybe four years to probably really get on top of it. I'm um, still training the whole way through it, but you know, with varying levels of pain. And now I would say it's at a point where I can pretty much do whatever I want, uh, but I still do like do things every single week to keep the pain at bay. Mm. Yeah, I think what's interesting about my journey is that I played a lot of a lot more variety in sports because you mainly just played rugby mm. for a long time, right? So you, if any if any knee risk or any knee pain that's associated with your sport generally doesn't come from overuse; it comes more from tackles, yeah. right? Like trauma to the knee. Trauma. Um, whereas for me, yeah, I didn't really have any knee pain, even though I played a little bit of basketball and soccer and that sort of stuff. I wasn't playing sports that I was, that you would typically be like, oh, they got sidelined for knee pain. You know, I mean, yes, for basketball, I didn't play it for long enough. I didn't play it competitively enough and, you know, only did it for maybe six years uh, when I was really young. Um, but yeah, I didn't really play it a whole lot in high school. So that was really the only sport. I mean, tennis, I guess you could say, but again, I didn't play it that hard for that long. I don't think I ever really went hard enough into any sport until CrossFit that I would cause as much stress that I did on my knee to get knee pain. I think that is, you know, reflecting on that and the diversity of sports I played, probably the reason I didn't really get any major injuries is because I was always mixing up the stimulus and the adaptation, which is really, if you think about it, a lot of people that get injuries is because they overuse it, right? They, they just, they're just a runner. Yeah. They just play basketball, right? That's why originally yeah, CrossFit was really good because it did give you more variety. Yeah. Until you realize you were squatting every day. Yeah, until, yeah. until the early days there wasn't <laughs> More varieties variety. of squats. <laughs> yeah. Um, so where the pain started really kicking in for me was, yeah, right around when I started to, and I, I went to the gym for the first, you know, two, three years not doing CrossFit, didn't have an inkling of knee pain. Still trained legs, still did squatting, but it's just the sheer volume and I guess the dynamic force, especially with Olympic weightlifting, especially when you have a lot of mobility, even if you don't have that much mobility, um, that really starts to add up. You know, those numbers, those kilos start to add up through the knees. And then, yeah, I remember when I first got knee pain because I ran a bunch of just stupid squat cycles without any knee pain. The beauty of being, you know, 17, 18, 19. And it's probably when I was about, yeah, I think I was 20. It's when I first started to get a niggle in my left knee. And I started to think to myself, oh, you know, it's probably nothing serious, so I'll just keep training to it. And I remember I had this stupid thing. I was trying to train every single day of the year without a rest day. These are the stupid, stupid ideas you come up with when you're in your 20s starting CrossFit um, and not following a program. I remember we did it together. We trained like mm. 91, 92 days in a row. The end of that period, my knees were pretty bad. And most of those days were double days. Most of them were most double days. And I was trying to stay off my knees a little bit, but... You know, when you just get carried away mm. and you just end up doing stupid stuff. Um, but the real lesson, I think, was it's just overuse. Mm. It's just really, really just overdoing it. Box jumps and step ups and lunges, um, squatting, Olympic weightlifting. It just it starts to add up. And, and when you're young, I just don't think you really appreciate the permanency of damage and how long it will last afterwards. You just think because any injury you've had, you've recovered from it so quickly because your body's so young. Now, when you're older, you know when a niggle starts to come, you go, oh, I need to be careful here because this could be with me for a while. So, you have a different perspective on it. Um, so, yeah, that was, that was really, um, that's really our stories up until this point. I want to dive a little bit more now into, I guess, the 
um, the solutions that we started to explore uh, for the knee pain. So obviously, you had the meniscus surgery raft. The only time I went into, um, you know, the, the point where I was getting outside help, bef- like putting the chiropractors and the physios and stuff aside, which we'll get into, um, I went in for an autologous injection. So a girl at the gym at the time, she worked in a one of these clinics where they, they scan your knees and they give you injections and stuff, or they scan any body part. And yeah, they, I remember them getting the ultrasound on my knees and there was just tears all through my patella and they were just like, yeah, this thing is a disaster. Yeah. Um, nothing that was requiring surgery, mm. but they're like, yeah, we can see why you have knee pain. Like, there's Yeah, well, different things in knee pain are fixed less and more easily by surgeries. So yeah. like meniscus is very easy with surgery because right. you just remove part of it, you don't really need it. Yeah. Might bring on arthritis earlier, but... Yeah, with what you've got, it's not as simple. Right. It's just cutting out a little bit of it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I pretty much, um, at that point, I, I go into the uh, injection clinic, I guess you would call it. Uh, autologous injection is where they just pull your blood out and they re-inject it. There's a PRP injection, mm. platelet-rich plasma. So, the same blood. So, it's different, yeah. So, platelet-rich platelet plasma, PRP, is more popular. Autologous... You, that's not what you got. No, I got yeah. an autologous right. injection, which is it's different. The, re, the autologous injection at least in the opinion of these doctors, was more effective. Even though it was a newer treatment and it was less battle-tested, they felt like it, how it was getting better results than PRP. So, it takes out your blood. They so, do something to it. But so does PRP. So, with PRP, they take out your blood, they put it in a centrifuge, they spin it, yep. and it separates the... Um, like in Game Changers. <laughs> Remember in Game Changers? What? Remember they took out the blood, they're like, oh, here's all the fat in your blood. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, the, but they take out the plasma. Yeah. So the plasma is like the white blood cells, right? Yep. So the healing, the healing stuff. So they inject that into your knee. But the autologous, they just take blood out and they just re-inject it. Just mm. your your blood. Yeah. So they take blood out of your arm. I don't think they do anything to it, and they just load it back up into a syringe or a different syringe. How the fuck does that do anything? Well, I mean, blood is full of nutrients and oxygen yeah. and stuff, and tendons have low blood flow. So I guess the theory yeah. is that by going into the, the site where the mm. damage is and injecting the sense. blood into yeah. it, you're providing fresh nutrients and oxygen. So, and stuff. it's really natural healing. Yeah, I guess. Mm. I guess. It's fucking painful, mm. I'll tell you that much. Um, what, the injection? Yeah, because they're going into your fucking tendon yeah. with a giant needle and they're trying to squirt, it's squirt blood into well. it. Yeah, and like multiple times. So, you're getting your knee oh stabbed God. and injected. <laughs> and I remember going home that day. I drove home. Please don't try this at home. <laughs> I drove home and I went, I was on heaps of painkillers. Uh, they don't recommend you drive home, but there was no choice. I remember getting home, taking a bunch of painkillers, falling asleep on the floor and then waking up. And I used to always nap because at this point, anyone that's had knee pain kind of knows this. If your leg's locked out for too long, when you go to bend it again, it's excruciating. Yeah. And so, I used to sleep on the floor on my back in my parents' house and I used to have like this sausage pillow that I would prop my yeah, I had to do prop up my knees. So, your knee, you sleep with like a slight bend in your knee so it's not as painful. Wake up so much better. So much better. And I remember waking up from that painkiller hangover slash injections maybe five or six hours after the injections and it was worse. Mm. It was so much worse. Like it was... I've never my knee pain's never been as bad as it was after waking up and those painkillers but obviously they've been stabbing your knee right yeah. so that's why it's in so much pain and it was awful yeah like it I didn't help though right did not help yeah. no I'd say it got worse yeah. and then Excellent. it started to get yeah so it started to get better from that worst point but it never went back oh better than how it was before and I spoke to the girl that recommended it. I'm like you realize this just made my knee worse and it came back to where it was before I went in for that she's injection. She's like, yeah, but I'm richer. <laughs> she's like, well, I gave you a discount. I'm like, 
fuck. It's not worth it. Um, so, yeah, that was an absolute fail. But I've heard other people do well with PRP. So, but that was my experience um, with, with that knee pain there. But you had the surgery for the meniscus. It's different. But then we both started to present with that a similar sort of thing. Well. Yeah. yeah. It, the point was it worked very well, but same thing with yours. It doesn't address the underlying cause. No. So, that's what I found out. Was like, I was like, cool, it doesn't my meniscus doesn't hurt anymore. But then the movement patterns that had created the knee pain in the first place, they were the same. Yeah. So I went back to my double days training and pretty quickly I had new knee pain. Yeah. And I think this is where, when we started to explore doing a lot of self-treatment, mm. but also Cairo as well. And some of the Cairo treatments that we explored, and I, it was interesting because while well, seeing the Cairo, I think every week, maybe even twice a week, and we were doing a lot of um, it was called the factor tool. Mm. Uh, what is the we term? bought one? Yeah, what is the term for it? It was the factor tool. No, but it's yeah, I know, but it's the the method itself where they scrape it is actually called something else. Uh, well, it was ART treatment, which is like no, where you scrape not, it and you move it. No, no, it's not ART. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. Is it rolfing? No, that's something no, else. Something else. Uh, anyway, there's this method of um, treatment. I can't remember what it's called, but basically they take this thing that looks like an oversized butter knife yeah. and they they put sorbeline or some kind of oil on your skin and they just rub like with a blunt butter knife over your skin and make your skin really red um, and it's supposed it's to... It's basically breaking up the scar tissue, right? Yeah, something like that. So, I was doing a lot of that um, and then I was getting a lot of um, acupuncture, so like needling in my quads because um, the theory was at this point, we thought that potentially the quads needed releasing and breaking down. They were putting pressure on the knee. And what was interesting about those treatments is like I would finish the next 24, 48 hours, I would have no pain, mm. like zero pain. I would, it was like I fucking, I was healed like crazy. Mm. I was like jumping and squatting and like no pain. And then that 24, 40 hour window wore off and the pain just came back all the way. And it was strange because I don't know, at this point I felt like, all right, we're making really good progress. Anyway, so... We did that for a few months, realized, okay, there's just some pattern here that's going on. We can't really figure out what it is. It's get, it gets better and then it literally... But it gets better, not like, oh, it feels better. It was like the pain is gone, mm. like taking a painkiller. It was weird. Then we started to decide, okay, maybe it's a, it's a core thing. So, we started working on Pilates. So, I started doing deep core work and stabilization for my back and that sort of stuff and that got stronger and it got better but didn't fix the knee pain. So, I explored quite a few different things related you know obviously with all the rehab stuff which was like you know drinking birds and you know all kinds of single leg exercises and all that sort of stuff and I tried all the traditional rehabs, rehab stuff and some banded work with glutes and all that but nothing really worked until we pretty much stopped the sport hmm. that was pretty much the main catalyst for it to stop i would say yeah i mean i did a lot same thing a lot of tons of different physios and chiros and some things helped some things didn't as much probably what I, I think really helped the most was as I got smarter with my programming Yeah. and then I would say yeah by the end of my CrossFit career the knee, my knees didn't really hold me back that much I could I could train the house down um, but I was always smarter with my programming and I think I probably just came to the realization as well I was like well I should just work harder on the stuff that like doesn't irritate my knees and keep this you know the stuff that is knee intensive at more of a moderate level moving forward you know and the truth is you still make decent progress yeah you know? Yeah. That's what we realized. I didn't have to go nuts twice a day on knee intensive exercises. Well, you're insecure about not being good enough, right? So, you want to do more. So, you want yeah. to do more well, to, just, to more, validate yourself. Probably for me, it's, it's more about you don't want to fall behind. Yeah. So you see other people doing that, you're like, well, I'm guaranteed to fall behind. Yeah. In reality, it doesn't always happen that way. Yeah. And I think what's interesting is reflecting back on it. You know, one of the things I struggled with a lot when I was doing CrossFit was my squat, right? My mm. squat, I couldn't put a lot of weight on my squat. 
But that's because I was dealing with knee pain the whole time. And what you realize is when you start learning more about the body is your brain limits the force output in your muscles if there's an injury around it because it thinks, okay, this area is damaged, protect it. Don't, because your brain is sending a signal, right, to your muscles to exert force. Now, if the quads and the calves and the hamstrings sense an instability or a large pain signal that of a joint that they're connected to, your brain's going to limit that force output because it's worried about damaging that area more. Now, obviously, you, you can do things to overcome that output, which we did, like, fuck you, I'm just going to keep squatting heavy. But there's still a limit. If you feel really healthy and your knees feel strong and you feel great, you're going to push harder. Yeah. You naturally push harder. And so what limited my squat a lot was the, the amount of knee pain I had. Most of the progress I made was on in the early days. Mm. And then the later progress I made was when the volume was way back and I had no knee pain anymore and I was only squatting once a week, maybe twice a week instead of five, six times a week. And so what's interesting is I think some people listening to this are like, no, no, but I need to squat more and I need to build my squat up and I need to get do lunges and all this sort of stuff. And if you're in pain, your body's not going to allow you to get stronger because it's going to sense that there's pain here and I'm going to limit the force you can produce. So you really, you're just spinning your wheels, you know, you're just going around in circles. So I'd recommend, got to get rid of pain first. That's the number one. You have to take out pain so then you can build up your strength. Your body's not going to allow you to get strong if you're in pain the whole time. It's just a fact. Um, okay, so probably next, um, I guess, thing to address, which, you know, I think you probably had more success than me would be how much you're working on your mobility mm. to reduce knee pain. That was really one of the things that you decided was holding back your knee pain. Yeah, and exactly. For you, it, it wasn't, you know, no. and usually you, you can often see with people, so often people that are very flexible, their knees go like a long way over their, their toes. Um, they'll tend to get pain more in the patella tendon and then people more like me that you know have stiffer hips and the knees probably can't go far enough over their toes tend to get more the quad tendon which is above the knee and that was a split you and I had and if you're in that case where you're tight almost always increasing mobility at the hip joint will just take away how much extra movement your body's trying to seek at the knee Yeah, because you know generally most people don't need extra mobility at the knee they're moving too much there to compensate for the hips so for me, actually putting a lot of time and effort mobility did long-term payoff, mm. you know, and obviously it includes like stability as well because that locks in the mobility. Um, but yeah, if you are that person, it's it's mandatory. And you know, for most people, that's why there's an epidemic of knee pain as well. They walk around with the stiffest hips on the planet. Mm. What, um, and then, you know, in the later part of your, <clears throat> your knee pain, so let's say in the last two years, what have you found still causes it to flare up the most and what doesn't cause it to flare up the most because you and I would be lying if we sat here and said we never get knee pain anymore um, it's still lingering but now it's at a level that it doesn't disrupt any of our regular training uh, what if anything causes the knee pain to come back number one is yeah like volume yeah so if I have just whatever random week I end up like doing three or four classes that have like wall balls and then I have my heavy squat program and then I jump in on like a clean or something like that, all of a sudden my knee will start to get sore at the end. Mm. And like I can bring as much as I can max out my squat. I can still run as hard as I can for hours, but it's just the volume in a week. So if I just have like a huge upswing in volume for the week, that will cause it. If my lifestyle is not the best that week as well, so I'm like sitting down all week, or I'm like not eating as well or staying up late, whatever that, I, I really do notice a difference. Like that brings it on as well. So it's mm. more of like really just a lifestyle thing. At, at this point that will bring it out if I am just training smart and looking after myself then it's generally fine mm. yeah I think it was interesting the only thing I noticed was because <clears throat> I when I started back playing basketball again 
that's when my knee pain. I basically hadn't had really any knee pain, but I wasn't on. I wasn't pushing it. I wasn't running heaps. I wasn't squatting heaps anyway. So I wasn't doing anything that would typically cause the knee pain. So I went a good two years with nothing, and then when I picked up basketball again, straight away the knee pain came back, and it came back to the levels of what I was experiencing in CrossFit. Not quite the highest, the most pain, like to the point where I couldn't walk and go upstairs and if stuff. If you did basketball as much as you did CrossFit, you would have got it though. Yeah. Well, I, but I started playing a lot. So I started playing three times a week on the hard court, once a week on, on the wood. And yeah, it started to really start to tick up the, the levels of pain. Um, like, yeah, to the point where I considered not finishing the season. Um, and that was, as I was talking about it with someone, again, the same thing was all the slow training that I've been doing, which is typically what people do in the gym, that didn't cause me pain anymore. So from a slow, from a, a, a speed perspective and a force output of the tendon, it, it could manage everything, mm. which is why nothing in the gym anymore would cause me any pain. However, when you wanted the fast contraction of the tendon, so any dynamic stuff, so like running and jumping and you know pivoting and all that sort of stuff you do in sport, you hadn't, I hadn't conditioned my knees to do that again. So that's because I hadn't done any Olympic weightlifting, which is, I guess, that version of that in CrossFit, right? Which is the fast dynamic stretching of the tendon and the catching. So I just naturally just by programming for myself and writing different programs and following different stuff I just avoided it subconsciously yeah. without realizing and then when I brought back something that required the stuff that would cause pain it came back straight away and then having talked with experts since it's just like no you haven't conditioned so your your slow strength will never be an issue anymore but the dynamic stuff that you want to do the running the sprinting the jumping the sport that needs reconditioning. You're just in a different stage of reconditioning. But some people are at other stages. They need the mobility first. Then they need the slow strength. Then they need the dynamic strength. Kind of the order of the pyramid. And that's really when um, we found knees over toes guy, Ben Patrick. And that's when it started to make sense. We started following his program. started putting it together. He has the, the split breakdown. So we started taking elements and pieces of what he does really well and programming it for myself. Now, it wasn't perfect. I still got pain and people that use this program still have pain, but it's a really good framework and structure to kind of rebuild your knees from. And so I've taken a lot of the stuff that works really well from him and incorporated it uh, with myself, a lot of those mm. principles. And what was interesting, I gave you some of the more direct knee work and I noticed that you still had some pain. You were like, oh, yeah. fuck, I don't know if I can do those. It's just because they're so knee intensive, those exercises. Well, I think also just subconsciously, I've avoided that type of exactly. exercise for so long. Yeah, exactly. Even when you run, even when yeah. like you lunge and you squat, like your knee angle stays at a certain limit, but he's he's getting you to push the ability of your knee. That's why it's the knee yeah. ability program. Like you're doing some pretty <laughs> insane stuff with your knees. Yeah. And yeah, I think the same thing would have happened to you. You haven't really done a super direct knee exercise like that before. For a long time. Yeah. Um, and so it's just it's just interesting, I think that you don't, you think you're out of pain and then you try something new and you realize you're not quite ready for that yeah. yet. So you need this whole program that kind of addresses everything. But for everyone, it's individual. So you, like I said before, it just depends what stage you're at. You know, you could have shit mobility. Mm. Start with getting your mobility better. You could have really good jumping power, but no, I guess, no strength, no slow strength in your knees. Like those are things you've got to build up. And it's, it's going to be different for everyone. But I guess what we wanted to do is put together just like a really easy seven-day program to kind of focus on the knees, focus on the lower body strength because it's not just, knee pain is not just about the knees. It's about, <laughs> o, it's about overall strength of everything. Hamstring strength, glute strength, quad strength, shins, calves, ankles, feet, toes, everything. All It all matters and it all makes a difference. Um, so yeah, that's what we put together. So we put a little seven-day program together. Um, the mymuscleproject.com slash knee pain 
It's where you guys can pick up that seven-day free program. And we've already had hundreds of people download it, which has been crazy. So the sponsor has been really good. And we've had I mean, hundreds before this use this type of stuff in our gyms. Exactly. Yeah, so I mean, it's definitely worthwhile building up. I mean, the only thing you have to remember is like, obviously with marketing, people promise the cure. And in many ways, it is many steps towards fixing your knee pain. But I don't think you can ever guarantee that knee pain will go away completely. No, no um, because professional, like NBA basketball players have knee pain. Yeah. They have resources to try and fix it. They can afford yeah. ebooks and shit, right? Yeah. They got everything and they still have knee pain. Yeah. It's so what it's you're tough, doing with man. it. Yeah. It's what you're doing with it. So, yeah. Reassess your training. Reassess the volume. If you're doing a lot of stuff that's causing issues, start stripping it back and then start using a program uh, like this free seven-day program. Incorporate some elements into it and report back. Let us know how you're going. So, uh, again, if you want to pick up that program for free, it's the mindmuscleproject.com slash knee pain. So, one word, knee pain, and you can, uh, you can download that program for free. But anyone who does, we appreciate it. We hope it helps. And maybe some of our stories today, some of our insights uh, will be helpful for you guys in the future. All right, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll speak to you all soon. Thank you, Project, for tuning in again to another episode of the Mind Muscle Project. Uh, we release an episode every single Monday. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram, The My Muscle Project, to stay up to date with everything we're doing. And if you have some time, leave us a review and a five-star rating on iTunes. And don't forget, we have a second show of the week, The After Show. So it's no longer a rest day on Thursdays. If you have any questions for Lachlan and I for that show, head to themymuscleproject.com forward slash The After Show. And if you ask a question, we'll, uh, we'll answer it on the show. Thanks again so much, Project, and we'll see you all next week.